Hi everyone, and welcome to Traditional Medicine with Shaman Flora. I'm your host, Jimena Garcia. This show is all about understanding yourself through plant medicine, as well as providing education and knowledge around this topic. I hope you guys love listening to this episode as much I enjoy recording it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Traditional Medicines with Shaman Flora. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, is a very, very dear friend of mine. As I was getting ready today to do this interview, I got super excited because this individual is like, I see him as like the masculine version of me in this spiritual community with his business, the way he moves. We have so much in common. Um, we also don't have a lot of things in common, but at the end of the day, like the, the combination of us together is always fun. I always have a great time with this individual. He pushes me to elevate myself, to be a better person. And I've been, since I created this podcast, I knew that I wanted to invite him here. And today, finally, after I think 14 episodes. Now I finally got him to join. So welcome, 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 welcome uh, to Traditional Medicine with Shaman Flora. Chase, um, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for the uh, amazing introduction there. Um, yeah, so excited to be here with you. Longstanding friendship. And uh, it's one of the things I love about that that we have in common, right, is we're doing the work with people um, through different tools, but with the same intention behind it. So I think it's a beautiful thing that we can come together, talk about it, help educate people on things, uh, a lot of which have kind of, you know, been misunderstood over the last few years. And um, yeah, I think it's a great place for us to share the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other day I was thinking about our friendship and I was thinking about how it's been a year and it feels like I know you for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. like for like a very long time so I was just thinking about it. I was like damn it's, it's so rare when you, we find those people in our life and, and, and it's so nice when we do so uh, I got a two for one special on that with you guys so <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is very true I'm really good friends with him and his partner for anybody that doesn't know <laughs> oh yeah that yeah they know they, they know Who about him a little at bit our Kava bar right and is a manager there at our Kava bar so yeah yeah, he works there. And I feel like it was so beautiful how like he came to working there too, right? Because like he was going through like a a, um, a time in, in his life where he was kind of like stuck and not being able to find something. And and then that's something that I love about you, you know, about your business is that you are a person that, you know, you, you want to drive a business that not only benefits you, but it benefits the people that are in the business and that participate in the business. Like for you, it's like a win-win situation for everybody. And and ever since I started working with you, that is going to be almost a year. Now he has started as, as a Kava tender and now he's manager and it's like, it's so beautiful. So that's definitely something that is really special in you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because a lot of that mindset, right, is a direct result of working with traditional plants throughout my life and um, bringing forth that, that spirit of connection, right, where we realize it all, is all one ecosystem. And if we can make the entire thing grow as an entire garden, then everything thrives. And um, yeah, I try to apply that principle in business. And uh, it's, been, it's been successful so far. We're, we're excited. We're looking actually, I don't know if you're privy to this yet, but we're doing planning for a franchise very soon. Um, and to launch that and even a school on Kava, Kratom and other botanicals. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, let's hold on to that and talk a little bit about that. Because I think that, you know, something that I say in my podcast, um, most of every episode, if not, um, is that the market of working with with um, different plants, like earth plants, uh, from like Kava to Kratom to like Ayahuasca, Iboga, and then also animal plants like Cambo, Bufo, and like bee venom and like serpent venom, you know, like there is so much, there is so much out there that we don't know that it's started to come up to the surface and it's allowing to 
um, itself to be known by the collective, by the Western world. So then we can start shifting our mindset. So um, it's definitely created an impact and it's a market that is not going anywhere. It's a market that is actually... Uh, growing and expanding. And I, and I believe that 10 years from now, uh, a lot of these plants, a lot of these medicines are going to become legal. I mean, who would have thought, like, I think that if someone would have say in the nineties that marijuana was going to become legal and that there was going to be a stores where you can go in and buy, buy a joint and like get high on the street, people would be like, you're out of your mind. That is never happening. And, and now is, is happening. It's happening. Like it started in just the small places like Amsterdam and like the UK and then now is here in the United States and now is going to South America, meaning Colombia, weed is legal. And uh, five years ago, it wasn't. So it's definitely expanding a lot. So with all that being said, and what you said, how plants uh, have taught you and shift you so much, um, will you do us a favor and share about yourself? Um, where do you live? Where do you come from? Um, what, what brought you to your business? Like, how do you end up being the man that you are today and run a Kaba and create own business of all things? Hmm. Um, well, let's start chronologically, right? I used to own a CrossFit gym back in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And- oh yeah. For those that you don't know, Chase looks fine. Okay, he has like a really nice ripped body. So yes, he definitely has the body of a trainer. Just just wanted for them to know, the listeners. <laughs> the ladies Appreciate out that. there, he's also single too. So, <laughs> or maybe not, I don't know, but I'm just saying, just saying, just saying. We'll leave it a mystery. <laughs> okay. If you want to know, leave a comment. <laughs> all right, I'm all red now. Let's get back to business here. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I used to own a gym and uh, just got to a point where I was no longer serving the business and it was no longer serving me, right? Um, I think for anyone, and you can probably vouch for this, Jimena, with an entrepreneurial mindset, uh, the business, even on the days you don't want to admit it, are a reflection of you, right? And it's, it's, it's an expression of what your purpose is, what you think the world needs, right? And for a long time, for me, I found worth through physical activity, right? Through being an athlete and wrestling in high school and um, weightlifting all through college, CrossFit, right? It's um, it's a way of a developing an identity. Um, I think as consciousness develops, the lack of identification uh, develops also, right? Or the lack of need for it. And so I got to a point where like, it just wasn't, me anymore and uh, made a decision to to move forward into something new came out to Arizona I had visited a couple times and just loved it out here and came out here for a job to sell mortgages uh did great didn't enjoy it and then said okay now what you know I'm in a new state no friends what do I do and so um, one of the things that we do as um is a 90-day coaching program with our teams and we'll do a Venn diagram and it's, what are you good at? What do you enjoy? And what does the world need? Um, there's a larger, more advanced version of it called the bliss diagram, but that's a simple one. And, and basically I went and through and did that process, right? Filled out each one of those circles each day and then looked at where it overlapped. Um, things that I had a lot of experience in community-based businesses, hospitality through college. Um, so obviously that was a key component to, you know, lacuna being a success. Um, I enjoyed the product. When I was a trainer, I would go and spend my afternoons at the local Kava bar. And that's where it came my office, right? And a, a group of friends in a healthier space than you'd find in a regular um, bar type environment and a little more fun and social than a co working space. So that was two of the boxes. And then what does the world need, right? I had been out hanging out with these guys and mortgages, spending money every weekend, partying hard. And, you know, I just realized and when I didn't want to participate in that, that lifestyle any longer, it there wasn't an alternative available, right? So there was a niche that could be filled. And that's how Lacuna was born. And Lacuna, by definition, means a space gap or a hiatus. It's a place to get away. Um, we, we jokingly call it the bridge between the matrix and the medicine, right? Where if you're used to what is, you know, um, the more traditional alcohol weekend kind of lifestyle, and you realize that's not 
working for you anymore, maybe as a result of plant or animal medicines, right? You have that wake up call and, and then what do you do? Where do you go? And so that was really our mission was to create a space where people could come. They could experience a, a different perspective on what they thought reality was in that way, right? Like there's one program style of socialization. We see it all over the news, the ads, the sporting events, and then there's this whole other way about it, right, of living that we don't propagandize in a good way for, for, um, for our communities. So I think it's important that, that there is that space where people can come together, and that's really what Lacuna is all about. And that's, that's where we're at today. We have two locations, one in Phoenix, one in Sedona. And it's a really exciting time. We're working on structuring everything and a new website launch with some new tools available for, for the community to like order a drink without even walking up to the bar. Some cool things like that alongside having that be all turnkey and franchisable. Uh, did I answer all the questions? <laughs> yes, 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 you did. Yeah. Um, my God, thank you. That that was that was a lot. I, I have so many questions right now that I'm just like, okay, which one do I want to ask? Which direction I want to take? Um, so the one that I want to ask is, um, I love how you say, would a person that doesn't want to drink alcohol or you know go to those places goes right because back then like that was me too right like when i was in when i was in college and i started you know my career i would like go to bars and socialize with like a drink on my hand and then as i could start going into this world of of planned medicine and and you know spirituality and and I think taking care of my body um, in, in another way, right? Honoring my body, realizing that like those things were not doing any good to my body. I was like, where do I go, right? However, um, Kratom and Kava are not the only option out there. There is also like, um, how do they call them? Uh, the drinks that are not alcoholic, but uh, do you remember the name? Like mocktails is one of the mocktails, words. right? Mocktails, um, those kind of things. So why Kava and Kratom? How do, how do you felt the calling of working with Kava and Kratom? Like, what was it like? Oh, you know, let's, let's do Kava and Kratom. Well, I think that I had a really positive experience with that, right? As I transitioned out of that lifestyle. Mm. And it was exactly what I was describing Lacuna to be, that, that space for me where I could have some authentic relationships, remember my weekend kind of situations, right? Rather than the alternative that most of us, you know, start our teens and college years doing. Um, and so it really filled that gap for me as far as community goes and having a place to go. Mm, okay. Do you remember the first time you tried Kava? I do. Yeah. What, yeah. what happened? Can you share the story with us? I, I'm so curious. No. So the funny thing is the first time I had Kava, I didn't feel a thing. Kava has a reverse tolerance. So right. your body doesn't really recognize it the first time. Um, generally, you'll have like maybe two to three servings so that you get that full relaxation experience. But for me, I was like, eh, okay. And I tried it a second time, nothing. And the third time I had Kava, it was actually, I was, um, it was the day that I was selling the gym and I signed the contract and man, I was a mess. I was tears of sorrow, tears of joy, all the kinds of tears and things, you know? And uh, I went to my buddy, Tommy's Kava Bar Shipwreckers down in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And he looks over at me, he goes, you look like you need this. And he slides me a kava. He knows I didn't really drink kava. I was generally a kratom drinker because I like the energy aspects of it and that it can um, just help with mood and well-being feeling in your body as well. So yeah, he hands me the kava. I drink it. And like 10, 15 minutes later, I look up and I'm like, I feel a lot better. And that was it. And that was, I guess, where the seed got planted, right? No pun intended. But yeah, I just had this like, oh, wow, this is really something that people need to know about. You know, a lot of us are struggling with different challenges in today's societal structures. And, you know, um, I think mental health is something that we all need to address. And everybody can have their own perspective on what that needs to be based on their individual conditions and beliefs and things like that. Um, but this is a really cool tool that I think can support people in, in ways that benefit them. That's such a beautiful story. Just like, oh, I feel so much better. I can picture you at the bar, like drinking that. I was um, at wreck 10 minutes before. I'll tell you what. I'm like, am I making the right decision? I don't know, but I got to do it because, you know, <laughs> sometimes we yeah. put ourselves in those positions. We start, start a ball in motion and you got to see where it goes. And it was one of those days. Yeah, so totally. Really, it was really cool. 
for those that are listening that don't know what Kava is, can you explain to them what's Kava, where does it come from, what does it do, what are the benefits? Because uh, not, not everybody's familiar with it. Yeah, so Kava is the root of a pepper plant. Um, they cultivate it about every five years for a higher quality plant. And what they do is they take the root, they dry it out, we'll chop it and, and, and grind it and dry it and powder it. And then we take the root of this pepper plant and we strain it through a filter bag and um, like a kneading type of process and basically wash the kava. And you're left over with this nice, all natural, earthy tea. Uh, it does have a very earthy taste. One of the things that was important to me is that we make it like mainstream palatable. So we've done a bunch of cool things, different mocktails like that, where, um, you know, anything from like peach to strawberry, you name it, it's in there, right? And um, so that's what kava is. It's the root. So you would expect it to have like kind of a grounding effect to it. And it absolutely does. Um, they call it jokingly like getting rooted is the form of like getting drunk, even though it's not the same. You don't get intoxicated like that. I have a great story for you, actually. One of our friends, um, Tui, Tuivesi, he's Fijian, his family grows kava. He brought some back from Fiji one time. And so me and him sat down in, in, a, in, a, in a, what we call a mix, right? Where you mix a bowl of kava together and we drank his family's kava, which is a very honorable, like, you know, experience to have together. Um, and that's one of the things that's beautiful about kava is it does really take recognition of those relationships of those people. That's the spirit of kind of what it's about. And so anyways, we have, it had to be upwards of like 15, 16 servings, kava shells, they call them, they come in a coconut shell within about an hour's time, you know? And it was like Fiji versus America. He was going to see, you know, show me that his roots were stronger than mine kind of thing. And after about that, we both looked over at each other and were like, we're wasting kava, aren't we? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. So we just, you know, called it, but it was cute. And, and you know, I felt totally fine afterwards. I was pretty darn relaxed, but um, that's the nice <laughs> thing about kava. It does have that gentle nature to it. Mm. Yeah, um, the, I remember the first time I tried Cava. Uh, the first time I tried Cava was in San Francisco. Um, there is a Cava lounge there, and they are. I love that lounge. Is it like saved me uh, in my in in my transition from like stop drinking alcohol to like doing something else? Because um, I was not always like this, and I and I used to be a really heavy alcohol drinker. I loved alcohol. I really enjoyed it. Alcohol and cigarettes were like my best friends. So uh, I remember the transition. I remember the first time I tried it, um, I was coming, uh, I had a really, really stressful day. Uh, my, my shoulders were like super tight and, and I was like about to just kind of I don't know, melt into the nothingness of like pain and sorrow. So my neighbor, really good friend of mine, Charles, um, invited me to the Kava Lounge. He's like, hey, you want to come to a Kava Lounge? And I'm like, what's Kava? And he's like, you're going to feel great. And I'm like, I was like, I'll go if they do massages. And then he said, actually, they do. And I was like, what? <laughs> And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, no, they do. They have a people that, that, that comes in massage, like a massage chair, and they'll do a massage. It's like, you may not, this is exactly what you need. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. This is Friday night. I just came from like working out. I was done. So I decided to go to this bar that I've never been before. And I go there and it's packed. It's, it's very similar to yours, but more like San Francisco style, but it's like same tone, same colors, same vibe. Um, and I go in and I'm like, okay. I was like, this is cool. The art is awesome. The colors are gray. Like I'm having a good time. And they had um, a pina colada, I remember. And I, I'm a sucker for a pina colada. So my friend is like, yeah, pina colada for her. And I'm like, okay. So they they first had me try it uh, without any flavor. And we did the bula. Uh, so they gave me like the explanation of kava. And then the bartender and I did like a bula together. And he's like, this is how you do it. You put it, you clap. I don't know. There was like a whole process. I don't know. And then you like slap it and then you bula. Right. So I did that and I was like, Oh, that tastes gross. And then, uh, and then he's like, now have the, the, the pina colada. Right. So you have like, a like, how do you call it? like the, the highs and the tolls? Mm -hmm. How do you, how, yeah, how do you call it? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I got, I got one and I tried and I was like, holy cow, this thing is delicious. So I was drinking like water when all of a sudden I'm at the bar and I start feeling so relaxed and I'm like, oh, I was like, this is nice. And the more <laughs> I drank, the more relaxed I felt. And yeah. then the masseur came in and he's like, let me give you a massage. And Chase, I lay down on that chair Game and over. I start breathing. <laughs> this guy started giving a massage. My whole body started like vibrating. It was like wild. Um, after that, I, I went to that bar almost every day to work and, and drink kava. So yeah, it was, it was, that was my first experience with kava. I, I loved it very much. So That's yeah, cool. it is a really fun drink uh, for those that find it entertaining. And there have so many benefits to it. So, yeah. Well, that's the beautiful thing is because it is such a gentle and kind of fun feeling to it, it creates that experience for people also, right? So that's that's one of the beautiful yeah. things about it as uh, being able to serve that is that it does. It creates that that whole room has that feeling, right? <laughs> like we do open, open mic and comedy nights. And, you know, at a regular bar, comedy nights are a little edgy, but they're not. They're like at Kava bars. It's like this warm hearted, you know, life kind of thing. And it's it's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and with that, uh, I think I have, this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. And for Kava, what do you think is the spirit? Uh, I think you kind of touch on it about like the spirit, right? Like if, if Kava yeah. were to have a corporeal body, right? A corporeal body, what do you think um, its gender will be and the personality? Man, you know, we talked about it a little bit the other day at the gym and I was thinking a lot about it. And I'm not, I, I'm thinking almost maybe like a grandfather type of spirit. And I know you had a different opinion on that, but just the way that it's kind of like, think about it like you sit down with your grandpa and he just kind of has a talk with you and it's light and, you know, grounding and, and stable and in the spectrum of, you know, plant and animal medicines, it's definitely on that, that spectrum of it, right? Compared to some things that can be very intense for people. Okay. That's yeah, right? Yeah, I, I know. That. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can totally see that. That's interesting. I wonder yeah. what, the, what the Hawaiians have to say. That would be really interesting to ask them. Because uh, I know that they use it a lot in Hawaii, right? Yeah. That's where it comes well, from. Kava comes yes. from Hawaii. Yes, and there's, yeah. there's um, um, depending on what island you're from, there's different uh, stories about Kava. There's one about a mouse who, you know, just started the Kava. And then there's one about... Um, actually about a, a young woman. And I guess it, uh, shall we say, tickled her nether regions while she was gardening one day. Um, so yeah, on that note, you know, when you were talking about it having kind of a feminine spirit, I don't know, because it does have that really soothing effect for people, right? So, mm. and uh, you women tend yeah. to have that effect on us men. So maybe it is feminine. What made you lean towards thinking it was feminine when we had talked before? Uh... Well, I think the reason why I, I, I lent, I, like I thought it was the feminine, it was because um, when you drink kava, it does, it does put you in like that relaxation space. Like I feel like you, I mean, it is very earthy um, and earth, it is masculine. It is, it has, earth is, the, the, the energy of earth is masculine. So, so it does kind of like puts you in that grounded kind of stable place um and when you mention like grandfather i can totally see the grandfather energy because because women or not women but the feminine is also very flowy it, like it moves it creates it goes it flows it's very airy um and i don't see kava as an airy medicine um i see it more or less an earthy medicine because i was thinking about it today uh, yesterday I did, I work with Jamie and, and she was telling me how the element of air is like music, dancing, singing. And I was like, oh, I, I, I forgot to think about elements from, from a gender perspective. Um, and earth is, earth medicine is, is very masculine, right? Like is, is grounded. And, and even though within the earth medicines, like ayahuasca, right? Like, Kava, Kratom, um, 
master plans, they come from the earth, um, they themselves have their own gender. So, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting to think about. So, yeah, I think that the grandfather is much more fitting than well, the it's, feminine you know, energy. It's traditionally drank in a circle of men. Right. It's oh. become more open to women, but in traditional, that, that's how, how it was. Um, and it was a very exclusive circle. So that's kind of what makes me lean towards that direction as I picture it just kind of being yeah. one holding the circle together, you know, silently. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Great. Okay. Well, now let's shift the conversation to our favorite drink of every single day, uh, dear Kratom. There is so many people that have so many different opinions about Kratom, right? I, I don't, I only know as much as you have taught me. Um, I have heard some people that say that it's addicted. I've heard other people that said that it's not good for you. I've heard people say like it's good for you. So since you work with it and you, you know, I'm sure I know you, you do your research in everything that you do. Um, can you share with the listeners what's Kratom and the, the, your truth of what you have learned of what Kratom is, benefits, uh, how can I help you and all of those things? And I'm glad we get to speak into this because I think it opens up a bigger conversation that can serve our communities. Um, Kratom is a leaf of an evergreen tree. It comes from like Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, Borneo, places like that. Um, it's generally designated by the location and the color of the vein in the leaf. Um, so you might have like a, a, a yellow Thai or, um, you know, green Malaysian or something like that. And, uh, each of those varieties has a different effect and it's a much broader spectrum of effects than kava is. So kava, there's like, if it comes from the island of Tonga, Fiji or Vanuatu, it'll generally be um, more of like a headier sensation all the way down to a more of a bodier sensation in that order. Um, with the kratom plant, the, uh, the color of the leaf is determined partly by the harvesting and drying process and also the time of that. So the maturity of the plant. And it'll bring out a wide variety of, of effects, like I was saying. So you have like a white kratom, which is going to be uh, really good for energy. Uh, we love that when we go rock climbing, right? Or out on a long hike. Yeah. And you just like go, go, go. And then you've like the greens generally. And, and it, it does depend a little bit, right? It is a natural product. But generally speaking, the greens are going to be more of like a mental focus to it. Um, the yellows we've experienced being more of like a euphoric. And then red people tend to use for more of a relaxing scenario, right? It's definitely a misunderstood plant. There's so many alkaloids in there. There's like, depending on what article I last read, there was one that was like 61, one that was like 70, 72, something like that. And um, it was, I went to the Senate last year to speak on it because in the state of Arizona, we have the uh, Kratom Consumer Protection Act which means that it's definitely okay to sell. There's four requirements. You have to have it labeled properly. It can't be too strong. It can't be contaminated with anything else. And you can't sell it to minors, which is all very reasonable and good quality standards for our industry. Um, I think they're important actually because we've had customers who had experienced bad actors giving them bad products, right? Um, so I actually went to the Senate, spoke with them, and I did this deep dive research. Like you said, I like I nerd out on things, right? And I couldn't paint a clear picture. At the end of the day, after four years of being in business, the only thing that I could really derive from the evidence that is available, which is rather limited, is that you've got parts of the plant alkaloids, they call them, that hit the mu receptor, which is the pain receptor in the brain. That's why so many people find a benefit on that side of the spectrum with like the red varieties. Um, and then you have other alkaloids in there that actually block the receptor. So when you ask about recovery, addiction, things like that, like how do you paint a clear picture with that? It's really, really hard. And so I would say what I wanted to mention earlier is like it's a bigger conversation. And unfortunately, I think it's been taken advantage of because it is so effective and you can grow it in your backyard for free. There's been a whole campaign against it, right? And for those of who have started their recovery journey but maybe haven't gone far enough within on that journey – they end up just switching from one thing that makes them feel good to another thing that makes them feel good. Um, and 
generally addressing it with the same abusive type behaviors or irresponsible behaviors that often happen in an addictive scenario, right? Um, so that's kind of our take on it. We like to educate people and say, you know, this is exactly the truth behind it. And you get to make your own decision on how your body responds to it. Because as you know, no one body is the same when it comes to this kind of stuff, right? And we all need to be really self-responsible and really self-aware. Um, you know, there was one time where I woke up at a music festival and I'm the guy who gets up early and sets the tent, stocks the water. It's like my workout in the morning, you know. And uh, so I go and I have a Kratom drink because I wanted a little boost of energy because we were at a music festival. And by golly, before I got to the gas station, you know, I had a stomach ache, nauseous. I threw up on the side of the road. So, it, But you know what? I'm responsible for that decision. I know that my body likes to have food with a single serving, right? And that's what that, and I broke my own rule, so to speak. And, and so that's where we want to come from with everybody is to teach them about these things. Here are the good things about it. Here are the bad things about it. Just like everything in life. And does it fit and does it benefit you? And do an ongoing check-in on that too, right? I mean, there's definitely times like one of my cob attenders right now is on a botanical detox, they're just going for a week with absolutely nothing and give their body a reset. And it's a super healthy way to treat these things because our bodies do adapt over time to anything that we put into it, right? We build tolerances and then we, we end, up, end up with more of the negative side effects than the, bene than the benefits. And um, I think self-awareness and having these conversations is super important. So thanks for bringing it to the table. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think in, in the podcast, we talk about a lot about the abusive, um, like how people can abuse um, all of these medicines, right? Because because they can, but it doesn't mean that they should. Um, and something that I mentioned all of our listeners is that everything has a light and a dark side to it. Everything has a shadow, right? I mean, even even mapacha, right? Like tobacco, right? Ayahuasca. I mean, every single, I mean, we as humans, we have a shadow. So why wouldn't they, right? Sometimes people put all these medicines on like in a pedestal and like they're like the new gods and it's like, no, they're, they're just very old spirits that have a completely different corporeal body that is not human but still living and because they are so wise and they have transcend to the point that they are that's what they are and that's how they offer us as wisdom then we don't respect them um there is an episode that i have with this girl named magrita um she lives in the uk and she studies um environmental law and we had a whole episode about like how her studies in environmental law brought her to spirituality. And she said something in her podcast that when I heard it, I was like, wow, like my brain just blown. And she said, Jimena, we humans, like in environmental law, there are certain laws that are our birthright because we're humans, like clean air, clean water, clean food, right? Like the environmental laws in the government, they set up these rules to make sure that we have an environment to exist. And then she said, we don't do the same thing with plants. We don't do the same thing with animals. And the reason why that is, is because we think that they're less than, that they don't deserve it because they're, they don't, they're not as important as we are. And I think, and then she said, and that's what is destroying the planet is that we don't respect those things. And, and that's why the world, I mean, the planet is going to where it is. And like you said, making sure that you're consuming this responsibly and being mindful of how much you're consuming is, is your responsibility as the user. And I think that sentence right there applies to our evolution in life across the board, right? Like, are we able to be responsible with what our needs are and meet those needs and still have it be a contribution to the ecosystem as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think absolutely. that's, that's, that's what a lot of these things open people up to is that way of thinking, right? It's beautiful because it pulls you out of this reality that you're in and not so much crave it, kava and kratom. Although in a sense, like I said, communally, it does, it, it gives you a, a, a door to a different way of socializing it out in public. But even some of the deeper plant medicines, right? They tend to take you out of that definition of what is and go, okay, maybe I can see something a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. that's why I think it's so important that we do that, right? Because that's where it all starts, or at least for me, it did, you know, and I know for you, it did, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's incredible the, 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 the era that we're moving towards with all of this. You know, if you think about it, um, you have two Kava um, and Kratom and CBD businesses, one in Phoenix and one in, uh, in Sedona. And if you think about it, like three years ago, that didn't exist or like four years ago that didn't exist well, didn't like exist having between like california and the east coast <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, and now there's what seven to ten of them now i think somewhere in, in arizona depending on how if they've opened by now yeah wow yeah this is just a spreading like wildfire yeah. So so with that being said, how has been for you running a business with two products? I mean three, including C B D, but C B D is is much well known that that Kaba and and Kratom. But how's it been for you running two business with two um products that um are not as well known as any other products in the um in in the industry of serving? Yeah. Um, it comes with its fair share of challenges. It's funny on the way over here today, I was thinking that, uh, it felt like it, I was back in what we call lacuna school, right? Because with the culture of our business being based, based around these plants and, and these ways of thinking, um, and it being so deeply ingrained and rooted in our culture, uh, just part of being the company sometimes will bring things to surface for you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I said I, I felt like I was back in the lacuna school because right now we're redeveloping our software for the seventh time in 18 months because we've had, yeah, you name it, just the craziest things, right? And um, But it's interesting because you go through this like dark night of the soul process, right, in business on these projects sometimes and and be it a micro or macro experience, it still is. And, and then on the other side, you're like, oh, that's why it all happened, you know? And so we ended up finding a really great company I think we're going to partner with, and I'm excited about it. And it's just a good example of like what it's like to be an entrepreneur, I would say, really, is it is a mindset for people of looking at what is the opportunity on the other side of that challenge. And like, can you hold on to that vision, that view of it in such a way that the rest of it doesn't matter and makes you immovable in that path? Um, and some days it feels more, you know, secure than others, just like everything does. And yeah, turning back to like what we're here for, right? The things that we're doing are great ways and tools that we can use. I like how you talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, and, and I was almost going to say, you know, you talked about whether the plants are like good or bad or whatever. They're actually, in my opinion, neither of those things. Right. And if you want to talk about it from a spiritual perspective, like, is God good or evil? Who's to say, right? Because it's all of those things and none of them at the same time. And I think in a way it's like we treat, if we're able to see the plants as that as well, we can honor what they bring to the table. We can respect the other parts that they bring to the table that we need to, and we can make wise decisions on how to um, design our life in a way that makes sense. And with the, with the, the business of that, right? That's what our community is all about. That's why we have things like, um, like I mentioned the open mic before, right? It's an opportunity for people to get up and share and speak what they need to when maybe their, their throat chakra has been closed, right? Um, and there's so many different ways that that occurs facilitated by these traditional plants. And that's a beautiful thing. So yeah, running the business is, I'd rather be on the front of the wave and I feel like we're there and it's a wild ride and it's a bumpy ride on this little surfboard called Lacuna Kava Bar. But um, that's... I'd rather be there than having the wave crash over and watch it go by, you know, while I'm secure on my board sitting there out in the flat water. Um, so it's kind of, I think it's, I've created exactly what I've needed to learn and become who I am becoming every day. Beautiful. Yeah. Well said. It reminded me of a conversation that I was having with a client yesterday, an integration call after her ayahuasca and she's like, oh, I'm just trying to figure it out, my, my, my purpose, what am I going to do, like my business, how am I going to help people? And, you know, I think we all have been there. Um, 
as business owners, it started all with an idea, right? That's how every single business starts. But I have learned that it goes beyond that. It goes beyond an idea. It goes into a mission, right? As a, a, a commitment to create something to the point that gone to your head, you're like, no, I'm continuing. Like you can shoot me. Like it's not about the business. It's not about the money. It's about something bigger than that, that drives me every single day to continue moving forward. And I think for you is community, right? For you is like community is like supporting other people to elevate the way that you have been elevated. Uh, of course, the, the, the financial reward and, you know, the recognition and all of that comes with it. Uh, like Tony says, we are praised for what we do in the shadows, right? A lot of people, you and I were talking about it, like so many people have ideas of something that they want to create or a change, but they, they, they want to do it because they want the praise without the work. And, and I think that also applies to everything, applies uh, to the transformational work that you do or to the time, the relationships that you have with people. It really takes investing and putting the time uh, beyond any limitations so then you, you can reap the reward on the other side. So very, very well said. How long have you had the business for? Three years, two years? Uh, we're like... Four and a half, five in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, uh, And we'll be our second anniversary in August in Sedona. Sedona. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Especially five years. Tony says in, in with Tony Robbins in his business mastery, he talks about how like, I think it's like 90% of businesses fail within the first year. It's like the percentage of businesses that make it over a year is extremely low. And then the, the amount of businesses that make it over two years is extremely low. And then the longer you get, the chances of the business staying open exist. Um, so congratulations. Five years is like, you're like half, well, you're half, like half to a decade, bro. I know, right? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's pretty wild, right? It's when you look back on it at all, uh, it's it's such a beautiful experience. Yeah. You know? Even the even the not beautiful parts. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um in the last five years with your business, what is the lesson that you would like to share with the listeners that you learned? I think we could sum it all up to say looking at the bigger picture, not getting stuck in the day-to-day -day operations, if we're talking about from an operational perspective, but also even energetically, right? Not getting pulled into the small things, being really clear and focused, like you said earlier, on what is your purpose? What is your vision? What is your mission? What's the mechanism that you're doing that through? And allowing those to guide your decisions. Yeah. And before you go, I am going to ask you this question because um, you are at the traditional medicine uh, with Shaman Flora podcast, and you have been to Shaman Flora. Uh, I think you are one of the few people on um, the episode that have been there. I think the third person of people that I have interviewed. So, uh, do you mind sharing your experience with the listeners? How is for you going to the jungle? Oh, I, you know, I kid with people when they ask me, and I say it's everything the jungle was supposed to be. Right. Oh. Because how do you really put it into words unless you've done an experience like this? Hmm. And I've done ayahuasca. I've sat several times in the United States in really amazing experiences and some that, you know, left a little room for growth. <laughs> and um, going down there, it's a commitment to who you are. Right. You've got to get on like three airplanes. You have your luggage checked like so many times, you know, and then yeah. you, get, get, you get into town. Right. <laughs> it's an experience in the fullest. Right. You walk like a mile into the jungle <laughs> and then you get into the jungle and then you get to like the entryway to the property. And it's just like, oh, there's a little door, you know, build little thing built there. And you're like, I'm here. I made it. Right. Uh -huh. and, and you're here to do the work and you go in and. Oh my gosh, there's so many layers to it, you know? It, it, all your things are going to come up and you're going to go through it and it's going to be amazing. And I can't wait to do it again. 
right? Yeah. I mean, do you want me to get like detailed on my experience and like all of that? Like, how much do you want me to give away? No, I, I think I think I think what you're giving is exactly what I needed to give. I mean, um, I love how you say like, oh, you go through the whole day and then you get to the door and you're like at the door. And my thought every time I get to the door is like, oh, I'm here. And then once I cross, it's like, but I have more hiking to go do. <laughs> Yeah, that's when it actually starts, right? <laughs> Relative to the trip, <laughs> or the trip is actually looking easier at this point. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like and, every um, time, every time I, I got, get to that I, I want to comment so everybody knows, like the distinction between how you conduct your business and how going, you know, to a neighborhood ceremony will be, right? Is like having Angela there, a Shapibo shaman who is just like, you know, one of the most pure of heart people, this is her mission. And she's living in a jungle to do it, you know, and with no other focus, right? She, she diets these plants continuously as needed. And, and um, I got to tell the story, right? So like third night in ceremony. Um, oh, yes. I love this. Is this a good story. one? Should I do it? All right. Yeah, so yeah, third night in it, ceremony. That was intense. That was intense. Oh, but it yeah, was so intense. I'm it. sitting there. And I have my, you know, I go to get to like up to the front and I, I hadn't had like a super deep experience. It's anybody who's done this knows like you don't get what you want. You get what you need. Right. So the first night it was very different. The second night it was very different. And then the third night I was like, I'm not really having an experience. And I guess how many cups of ayahuasca did I get up to like two and a half at this you, point? You had, you had two and a half uh, cups of ayahuasca that I think it will be equal to, um, uh, if I'm going to guess, probably like three, six, like eight ounces of ayahuasca. Probably. I, you think? I would say even higher than that, honestly. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much do yeah. you think it was? Because the cups are big. I'd probably say a six ounce cup, six to even eight, maybe. Like, you yeah. know, here they're like, you get a little little shot glass there. Like, no, like, that was, that doesn't was... mess around, right? I told her, I was like, I didn't really have, I haven't gone as deep as I'm here to go. So she gave me what I asked for, right? And she didn't waver in it. She, the first time she literally holds up two cups and I guess somebody had my picture because I was like, like terrified, right? Like I looked at it, I'm like, I never had this much I was in my life. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and nothing happens. And nothing happens, you know? And I'm hearing everybody else have their experience and I'm just like, okay, what am I here for? This is like the lesson in it. And then out of nowhere, Angela taps Gonzalo on the leg, who's helping you facilitate, right? And she goes, she turns around, and she goes, tell Chase to concentrate. The medicine's about to come on strong. And I kid you not, within 30 seconds, I had, it was like the purge of purges. And I won't get into details, but let's just say a few hours of crying after that throughout the night and like processing a lot of what I've created in my life specifically in the areas that I want to improve and work on. Right. And it was almost like this, it had the pot had to bubble over experience. Right. But not having a facilitator who's dialed into that, who like prepares you for that in that way, who's so energy energetically connected to the medicine and to the group that she can literally turn around out of nowhere and go watch out. <laughs> that's beautiful. Right. And, and that's the gift of going and, and working with somebody like you. So thank you for that. I think it's really important that we make that, distinction right because it is something else to be in that room when that happens and you're like you, you can't explain it yeah, yeah true um i don't know if you remember this but that night right because you had your had your second cup i mean you received two cups to begin with and then we gave you half of another one like a few hours oh, later <laughs> yeah a few hours later and that's when you had that hit and I remember that um, we were, it was almost midnight. It was like 1130 and you were in your experience and, and Angela was on the opposite side of the room where, where you were. And Gonzalo was between, between you two. So it was, it was Gonzalo, um, you and Angela. And then Angela taps Gonzalo and he's like, muevete, like move. And she, and she like her tiny little self, she kind of like turns around 
towards you. A seated shuffle. Yeah, she's like <laughs> shuffling, you know, with her with her with her like butt cheeks, like turning around towards you. And then she says to the two of us, is like, I'm gonna pull the medicine out of him because otherwise he will not let us sleep. Because you had more, like you, you had so many, yeah. Because you had so much medicine in you, because you drink so much that the maestra was like, if we don't like pull some of the medicine that is in him, he's not gonna be able to sleep tonight. Like he's gonna go all night. All he was gonna be an all nighter for us. So she actually like turned around and she started singing Icaros, and I was watching her, and she was like moving her hands and just literally pulling the energy of ayahuasca out of your body uh, to like bring the the dizziness down. So then you can like, we could like close ceremony within the, within the hour. Um, and I don't think that was something that I witnessed before um, in, in such a palpable way. Like I, I, I saw it. Um, and, and then the other day I was talking to her about it and, and she told me, she said, It took me seven years to learn how to do that. Imagine that, seven years. Seven years of her working with ayahuasca, it didn't happen until she hit seven years working with it, that she learned how to like manage the spirit or like the energy of the medicine in someone's body. She was like, it took me seven years to learn how to bring it up, how to bring it down, how to like, you know, make it light, make it dark, like literally you know, not take you into the journey of the medicine. And I was like, wow. And I was like, can people out there want to do this in two weeks? I was like, what are we doing? Um, well, Chase, thank you so much uh, for this amazing opportunity. This was so awesome. I had so much fun. Uh, such a juicy, juicy content. And uh, to close, I always ask my hope, my my guest. Um, to share something from the heart to the listeners. So what would you want to leave them with? What would you want them, invite them to look into this week? I, I usually tell them like, I give them like a little homework after an episode for them to like go back and kind of like sit with it. So uh, as our guest, what will be that thing that you will tell the listeners to after listening this um, to do? Or to be that thing that scares you you should go do it because it scares you for a reason hmm beautiful okay i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> go do it and comment on her videos whatever you did because we want to hear about it <laughs> yes 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 we do we do Absolutely. okay yes We do. We always do. Uh, so thank you so much, Chase. This was incredible. Uh, hopefully I'll have you in another episode and maybe we can dive deeper into your ayahuasca experience and share that with the listeners. Um, and then, um, yeah, until the next time. Yeah. And thank you for having me. I feel like uh, every chance I get to talk about this and like what we're up to as a community is It's like a, a soul hug, right? Just makes yeah. me remember what it's what we're here for and what we're doing. And it's such a valuable thing. So thanks for holding the torch. I love you. And uh, we'll see you at the gym or on the river this week. Yes. Thank you so much. So much gratitude and many blessings to you for listening to today's podcast. Please subscribe to the show and tune into our next episode every Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram or join us, our Facebook group at Rainforest Healing Center. And lastly, please rate and review the show on our Apple podcast. This is the best way you can support us so we can get the show to more people just like you that want to learn about plant medicine.